Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Jack Morgan, who had a Kundalini near-death-like experience with vivid after-effects, and today we're going to learn about it. Jack, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right, if you don't mind, let's just start on the day that it happened and go from there. Sure. Um, so there was a little bit of a build-up to it, um, which was the... I had only recently got into spirituality and I discovered uh, this little book um, by a Hindu saint called Nanyar. And I was practicing the practices that he laid out in that book. And I was just focusing on them very intently for about a week. And it took my mind into a place that was very concentrated. So then I just kind of been in that state for a while. And then I went to bed one evening and this state was so concentrated. It was happening all the time. So even when I was in dreams, I was still kind of in this focused meditative state. And in one of my dreams, there was a, um, like a spiritual teacher who was sat in front of me and he was giving me a piece of spiritual instruction and he was saying so I was like sat cross-legged in front of him and he was saying feel the awareness in your left hand so I did that and then feel the awareness in your right hand so I could feel them both there. So I've got two hands and I can feel my awareness. And then he says, the hands are different, but the awareness is the same. And it was one of those moments where it just clicked, like the spiritual realization of that, that our body has different parts and we have a duality that we exist within, but also that there's a fundamental unifying awareness. So I just realized that in the dream. <clears throat> and then it was like that whole dream just collapsed, uh, which is a difficult thing to describe, but it's, it's almost like I was in this lucid dream and then I almost had like a out of body experience from that dream 
where the dream collapsed. And, and I felt this sensation like my back, my spine, it felt like it was just um, like rotating backwards suddenly, like really quickly, like 360 degrees as if, you know, it couldn't possibly do that. And I felt this loud snap. And then I was just in darkness, just complete darkness. Uh, it didn't feel like I had a body uh, at all. I just felt like I was me. You know, I had my awareness of myself being there. But it didn't feel like there was really any space or time or anything like that. It just felt like I was more kind of like a fundamental part of myself. And it was just darkness. Um, but then in the distance, I saw this, uh, this light, which was like a, like a golden white light, just a small dot. And I'm just there and I see the light growing. And as it's growing, I can sense this fear inside me, like, um, like a kind of, like a really deep fear like a kind of primal dread sort of fear, um, more intense than I've ever really felt in my regular life. Um, it's the kind of fear that I think I would feel if I knew <laughs> that I was about to die, you know, if I was falling off a cliff, that kind of a fear, like a very, very intense primal fear that I'm about to you know, be eradicated. So I could feel that. And it, the, as the light was growing, I could feel that fear, but I could also feel um, kind of what I would only describe as like an ecstasy, like a, a very, very intense joy, like um, just pure pleasure. Like the only thing that I can think of that comes close to it is an orgasm. And it, so it was like that. So I've got this like intense kind of orgasmic sensation on one side and I've got like a literally fearing for my life, very, very intense visceral fear on the other side. Um, and then it's, it's just <laughs> getting more and more intense, you know, like I'd never experienced anything like this. Like it was just completely like nothing like I'd ever experienced, just a completely different order of magnitude of intensity. Um, you know, I, in my past, I'd experimented with drugs and things, but nothing came anywhere near this level of intensity. Um, so it, yeah, it just kept ramping up. It kept becoming more and more, and the light was just growing and growing and getting closer and closer and closer to me. I am absolutely terrified, like <laughs> more frightened than I've ever, ever been. Um, but I could feel um, that I wasn't alone in this experience. Like I could feel that there was a presence with me um, that was guiding me through it. And I think that was somehow related to the meditation that I'd been doing. It felt almost like because I had become so present in that meditation, it had created this force that was with me 
and during this experience and that was supporting me through it, even though I've now felt like I totally lost control. Um, so then it kind of reached a peak where I was almost like face to face with this light. And I could feel that there was a, a barrier, some kind of intangible barrier between me in this kind of terror and then the light on the other side. And I, I, I could feel um, this presence going like, it, it was like it was offering me it. It was like it was saying like, oh, why don't you cross over? <laughs> you know, very kind of calm and like a little nudge, you know, almost parental. It felt like that. Um, but I couldn't, like, I was just like, if I cross over that line, I'm going to die. Like, that's it. It's complete eradication. Like, that's what it felt like. Um, but I think maybe because I'd done so much meditation as well, that presence kind of knew what was best for me and did give me a little push and it pushed me over this threshold. And that was amazing. That was a really amazing experience. And I'm very glad that that happened. And um, because when I went over the threshold, all of the fear just completely disappeared. Um, as if it had never ever been there at all. Um, and instead I was just in this, what appeared to me just like an ocean of light. So I could see, and all I could see was this golden light. And that was just everything that was there. There's no fear. Um, just a really indescribable experience because all of the things that kind of um, are the kind of background noise of our experience, like weren't there. So it was a very clear experience, but the only thing that I was experiencing was this light and that like ecstatic orgasm like sensation. And it was, it was just, um, just there, you know, it's a really weird thing to describe because it was, almost like a kind of an orgasm that just had no, uh, nothing else was going on. And it was just going on for ages. Like, it was a very, very bizarre experience. Uh, very, very intense. So I don't know how long I was there. Um, you know, nothing, nothing else happened there. It was just really simple. It was just light and this joy um, and after a while I started feeling worried about what my body was going through there was like some sort of awareness of that in me and then my consciousness or whatever was happening went back into my body and I was laying in my bed with my back in a really weird posture like I never like a really unusual posture, very like really upright spine. Like my spine was like dead straight. And there was just like that ecstatic energy was just going up and down my spine, just like extremely rapid um, up to the level of my neck. And 
I, th- I was sweating. I remember, <laughs> I remember that. I was just absolutely drenched in sweat. Um, and this, you know, this thing was happening. And I, I'd never heard anything about Kundalini or anything like that. So I was really fresh into spirituality and spiritual practices. I'd never heard anyone talk about it. I had just heard these quite simple ideas about meditating. You just do these little things and then you get enlightened or whatever that is. I don't really know what it is, but I'll just follow these practices. Apparently it will make my life better. So (laughs) I wasn't ready. I was not ready for that. Um, yeah so that was that's like kind of the main main experience really well thank you for sharing that experience with us jack when there was that presence that was nudging you and kind of pushed you over to the other side do you think that was the same being that was in your dream prior to that that is a really good question i i hadn't thought that that's such a yeah that's a really good question I mean, it would make sense if that if the person doing the teaching was some kind of evolved spiritual teacher, which I assume they must have been if they were coming to me in my dream to teach me. And I guess if they had deliberately initiated this experience in me, it would make sense that they would not just leave me. <laughs> Do you have any idea who that being was from your dream? So I... I'm not sure. I can't quite remember what they look like. Um, they may be Indian. I can't quite remember. I just, I remember they were cross-legged. But I've had some experiences since then with people who I think are kind of spiritual teachers and they've, they've been Indian. Um but I don't actually know who any of these people are. You know, I don't know their names. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, you said the name of the type of meditation and practice you were doing. What mm. is the name again and what do they teach? Yeah, so it's um, the person doing these teachings. That's Ramana Maharshi. Um, so he's a Hindu saint from uh, like the middle of the 20th century, that kind of time really really well known very respected and considered by most people to be like this you know deeply awake person and and the practice is really simple like nanya just means um who am i and and that's all i did so i he says if a thought comes up you just you look at it and you go, okay, well, who is this thought arising to? And you will always find that the answer is me. And then you question, well, who am I? And you just do that. <laughs> That's it. Super simple. It's so fascinating that you're bringing this up because it seems like for me, sometimes one show ties into another show. And about a week ago, I had a man named RJ Spina And we talked about if you just ask yourself, who am I? Right off the bat, you kind of draw a blank. (laughs) And it sounds like you're doing the same thing in this meditation. When you ask yourself, who am I? What happens to you when you do that? Um, So my mind just goes silent. 
that's what happens if i'm doing that and you know i can really connect with the practice that's what happens and i i can feel that now like my mind like because we're talking about this it's kind of taken my mind there mm -hmm. um so my mind's kind of in that state there's no thoughts going through my mind like it's just still and in that still state then you can kind of um you can go kind of a bit deeper and it's hard to describe it but it's almost like you're silently feeling through your experience to just explore where you are um and and doing that has a really powerful effect on our bodies um i've you know since this experience happened i've read a lot more about it and there's groups of people i think they're um like yogis who talk about how our spiritual ignorance is kind of formed within our heart and, and they go so far as i think to say it's like the width like about the size of our thumb or something like that like very detailed and i think what happens is doing these kinds of practices it brings our awareness and our life force into that which is a kind of wound it's the origin of our separation so it brings it into that and then it starts to kind of dissolve it and unravel it um which in the short term it creates very clear states of mind at least in my experience just very clear states of mind and which is lovely like i'm someone who suffered with anxiety a lot throughout my life and doing this it, the anxiety just kind of dissolves it's like it's not even there hmm. but it can also initiate these very intense experiences and there there's reasons why uh, spiritual traditions have very um rigorous um ways of initiating people into certain practices like if we went back 100 years i never would have been given these practices when i received them <laughs> you know um and there's really good reasons for that as i found out you know i i've only described kind of the experience itself but it has taken years and years to to integrate what happened to me mm. that night uh, it's been at times extremely difficult it's fascinating that you experienced i'll use the word ecstasy along with terror yeah. at the same time <laughs> yeah. and another thing is i had a near-death experience or guest probably a, a year and a half ago that said he had this ecstatic experience similar to what you had and he said that probably a lot of near-death experiencers have had that experience as well, but they never talk about it publicly, only between each other. Uh, and oh, okay. So uh, I may have had one more guest, I think, since then kind of mention something about that. But I've never had a kundalini experience, so I don't know. But I think also that is common within the kundalini experience. Yeah, and I think there's, I think that's a really, there's a lot of ground in that question. I think you know, why, you, why don't people talk about it? I think is an interesting one. And I was debating it, like you know, I was using words like joy or ecstasy, but the most honest answer is like this is like an orgasm. It that's the energy of it. If I will think about that, 
you know, that's not a coincidence that you're going into this spiritual experience and a, a you know, this kind of peak sexual energy is at the heart of that. Because, you know, how do we create life? We have sexual experience. The peak of that is this orgasmic experience. So if you're going into something spiritual and you're having, you know, if you if you look at a kind of spiritually awakening kind of experience as it's often talked about as death and rebirth, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It would make sense if one of the key energies of that is the energy that creates life, you know, because you're kind of being reborn as something. There's there's something happening there. And I think a lot of the times people don't talk about this because sexual energy has been so demonized. It's right. seen as sinful and dirty and wrong. Um, but actually, if you go into a lot of different spiritual traditions, sexual energy is used and seen as sacred um you know the most obvious ones coming to my mind um like tantra where that's deliberately made use of but i think it's within loads of traditions um i think it's within christian monasticism if you read some of the things that christian monastics say you know the mystics the way that they talk about christ has a sexual tone to it in some of some instances Hmm. um to the to the point where it's like i'm surprised that this was allowed to be published at the time you know because this is going back hundreds of years so i think it's i think it's there but like you say you know with people having near-death experiences they may be experiencing that but they're not actually talking about it publicly because there's this taboo around it all right, well, let's talk about the after effects you had after this experience. I can't remember exactly how long afterwards. Um, I think the first thing is that, so I'd been in this golden light and it had obviously done something quite significant to my to my body uh, and to my consciousness. And I went to my brother's apartment one day, maybe a week or so after this happened, I didn't say anything about like, you know, that this had happened. Cause I thought if I tell anyone about this, they're just going to think I'm crazy. But while I was there, I could see the light. Like I could see the same light in the room. And I think I was just looking at his chair and I could see like this uh, static, just like kind of shimmering. And it was the same. It's like the same color. And over time, I've realized like that, I see it all the time now. Like it's just constant. So I, uh, everything that I look at, like, you know, looking around my room now, everything that I look at, it has a an aura of golden light. Like absolutely everything without exception, like inanimate, animate, it doesn't matter. It's radiating this light. That's the same light that I was in. And I can feel it. I can feel it inside my heart um, and I can look at something and I can connect with that same light. Uh, it's a strange thing to try and describe, but that's how I experience things. And it becomes stronger in certain situations. So if I go to a woodland, the light is really strong and really pure. And I'll often just be like looking at trees and be in awe because 
these bands of golden light are coming off them and I can feel them in my heart and really it touches me. How do you manage your daily life still seeing golden auras everywhere? To be honest, it's become so normal for me. Like, you know, it's beautiful and it's amazing, but it's so ordinary because, you know, this was almost 10 years ago that this happened and it's been every day since. I forget that other people can't see it. Like, I, it, I really forget about it. And so it's not, uh, it's not like overwhelming, you know, it's just there and it's very quiet. It's peaceful. If I focus on it, it feels lovely. It's a really nice feeling. And I think what it is, is, you know, my thoughts on this is that that Kundalini experience, I took my consciousness into this higher place, you know, like of divine light. And at the time, it didn't feel like there was any space or time or anything like that. You know, it's got a kind of timeless quality. And it and it feels the same here, you know, looking around at everything. I can feel that same timeless quality. Like this divine light is just, it's constant. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't change, which is crazy. And it's in everything. Yeah. Oh, but how do I manage? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a whole, that's a whole thing. Um, I mean, after that experience, it took a long time to kind of learn how to manage, especially at the beginning, um, because my energy had just gone crazy. Like, the sense of myself and my body was all kind of out of order um, because, you know, my awareness had just suddenly risen really high and it was it was like it was flushing out all the negative energy in my body but that had a that, that's not difficult for, I mean that is difficult for a psyche to deal with to have all of that stuff flooding out suddenly so I was having weird experiences like I, I was losing my balance like I found it really difficult just to walk down the street because I, I wasn't like grounded and centered in my body like my energy was flying out all over the place so it took years. I spent two and a half years out of work um, living at my mum's house, just trying to ground it and having nightmares like every night and waking up in cold sweats. It was horrible. Um, but that was, you know, this, this light was basically just trying to purify my body. And <clears throat> we haven't really got onto it, but the, you know, there's other things that have happened as a result of this experience, um, <clears throat> including opening up my consciousness to higher beings and different realms of existence. Again, which I didn't, you know, I didn't really even believe in any of that, so it was quite a shock to, to my system. Um, but yeah, that opened up and. I started having a kind of telepathic communication with, with my guides and they would just talk me through the process of what was happening to me. Thank God that <laughs> they were there. Since yeah. this experience, have you continued on with your spiritual education and spiritual advancement? Yeah, I have, but I don't think it would look like 
a lot of people would think that would look. Because um, when I think of kind of spiritual education and advancement, I would think of long meditation retreats, um, you know, sat cross-legged on the floor, that kind of thing. Um, but I needed the opposite of that. Like I had done too much of that in a way that was really causing me harm. Um, not in the long run, but in the short term. So my kind of spiritual practice is things like walking in the woods, like, and just feeling that energy and grounding with that. Um, when I spent those two and a half years out of work, I just would just walk, you know, I would just be walking out in the hills um, and just grounding. So, but I did have a meditation teacher who I was working with and um, so Fran Bennett. So I'd had this big experience and uh, she helped me to ground through that. Um, but that was very simple things. So it was less about doing things like I had just done, you know, focusing on this, this very intense and really, um, it's usually kind of safe for more advanced people, that, that style of um, that technique that I was using. So she just kind of slowed everything down and just helped me to ground, encouraged me to kind of um, meditate with other people, you know, form some connections, do do ordinary things, just ordinary human things. Um, because she saw that, you know, I was kind of going, you know, my, I'd awakened like up and out. And I, my consciousness was just like, whoa, like up here. And I needed to awaken down and in, uh, into my body, into my everyday life, just really simple. So she helped me loads of that, absolutely loads. Do you think overall your Kundalini experience was a good thing or a bad thing? It's <laughs> a good question. Like I, I see people um, chasing that experience um you know and it happened to me before i knew anything about it so i imagine if i saw the way that it's presented you know it's like oh open your third eye have these it's almost sold as this like wonderful kind of cure-all sometimes and i try and kind of open people's eyes to the other side of it when i get the opportunity not to put people off from doing it because i think I think overall it has been a good thing. That's my overall impression of it. But I think a lot of people go into it without realizing the potential consequences and don't do enough kind of foundational work first, you know, and they're just kind of chasing after this thing. And it's like, well, even if you get that thing, you, you have this Kundalini awakening, you don't really know what that is until you've had it and you don't know the consequences of that until you've had it and it's not all love and light it's not all happy days it's, you know there's a lot of work that goes into it as well but it's worth it it's worth it for, for afterwards i mean things have changed in my life i never ever would have thought would be possible like the things that I've become aware of, like the different nature of reality, what happens in life and death, like these big things that were weighing really heavily on me, they're, they're nowhere near um, what they used to be. 
Where are you at with your anxiety? Has this cured your anxiety or do you still have it, but you're much better handling it? It's an interesting question. I mean, I definitely still have it. I definitely still have anxiety. It's an ongoing thing that I work on. And I I feel like the best way to answer something like that is by thinking about it in layers. Because my anxiety was caused, you know, by, um, you know, it's like pain held in my body. And I used to be, (laughs) I used to be a very um, much more emotionally contained person. Um, Would never have, you know, the way that I'm speaking now would never, or never ever would have been like this. So it's like things have been kind of unraveled, layers have been taken off, but there's still anxiety there. Like I still have issues and I assume I'm going to have issues, you know, for the rest of my life, just because having some kind of issue is part of being human. As far as I see it. You mentioned that you were communicating with other beings. Can you tell us about who these beings were? Yeah. I I mean, it's, um, it's present tense as well. Cause I, I can feel them um, pretty much all the time. Like I can just kind of turn my mind towards them and I know they're going to be there. Um, Trying to think which. So some, some of them are angels and some of them are angelic beings. Um, Some of them I've met um, through having astral projection experiences um, so interacting with them, you know, talking to them more like kind of face to face, if you like. Um, but usually it's, uh, it's just this kind of form of telepathy. So I can feel them and it's almost like we're communicating through emotion and our emotion is just moving back and forth very quickly, like much quicker than with words. And they'll just kind of explain things to me, like um, almost like downloads of emotional information that I feel in my body. And I, I just know what it means. Like I could translate it into words, but it doesn't need to, to do that. Um, but specifically who they are, um, it's kind of varied over time. Um, one kind of consistent thread has been uh, dark feminine deities um so kali in uh india uh vajra yogini from tibet um and the morrigan from the celtic pantheon and so those have been pretty consistent can you share with us some of the most impactful lessons that they've taught you it's funny because the, the the way that i hear that question and what i would kind of expect the answer to be would be something kind of, um, you know, like a succinct sentence or something like that. But but what they've, they kind of, they teach me through the way that they work my energy. Um, so I'll be frightened, let's say. I'll be frightened. And they will... It's almost like they kind of, um, <laughs> it's so difficult to describe. 
like they'll teach me how to release stuck, painful energy. But they do it by doing it. So I will feel their energy moving through my body. And then they might say something like, uh, like, something like, allow me to be the knife. They'd say something like that while I can sense their energy moving through the kind of the tense parts of my body and that energy releasing. And it's like, I, my role is to be the kind of the patient on the operating table. I'm just going to be there and they perform the operation on me. That's kind of how that works. So that's the teaching there. It's, so there's a felt body sense of like of what that teaching is and how it plays out. But also, you know, maybe an easier to understand form of, of what I learned from that is that we aren't alone. Like we aren't alone as beings in the universe, which I always thought we were. Um, not only are we not alone, we're surrounded by um, extremely uh, benevolent beings um, who really, really care about us. What kind of advice can you share with us from your experiences? So I think one of the things with with Kundalini, like I've been saying, I think um, go carefully into that. You know, if you feel really called to do kundalini practices and you really really want to do that that's great there's amazing things that can come come out of that but just you know be be gentle with yourself you know your body the psyche these are delicate machines or delicate living organisms and we all need to heal as well as awaken. We, we have our personal lives, you know, we, we need to be able to live and to function. And so I would really advise people to just kind of stay grounded, to um, look after themselves, look after other people who are doing this work as well, and, and stay grounded and not get too to out there have you had any other paranormal experiences that you want to share with us so one of the things that's happened more recently um is the with the the light the golden light that i can see i just like to realize that i can look at it in people in ways that make it brighten um so I can always see that light. And if I look at someone, I can kind of see that it's um, brightening up. If they share something authentic from their heart, it will usually brighten just by itself. I've noticed if I look at it in a certain way, significantly. And what I've been doing recently is working with people so that they can help to release uh, emotional energy from their body and 
they can stuff and live a better life and also to have more uh, awakening experiences but in a grounded way you know nice and simple um so yeah that's one of the things that's opened up interestingly with that um i've also been feeling more of a connection to mother earth and um, so i can uh, feel the energy moving through her uh, through my feet uh, and i can connect with that and as i'm talking to somebody and i'm doing some work with them i can feel um the way that their energy uh, kind of lives within mother earth it's as though we are literally are her children even physically you know even from a scientific kind of perspective you could explain that we are the children of mother earth and there's more to it in that that's something that's been opening up more and more recently that we are spiritually her children as well and our energy lives within her there's a direct place for each of us that lives within her and our memories all live within her as well so if we've had some experiences that have led some emotions to become stuck because that we've had an experience and as a memory that energy and that experience will also be held within her and when i work with people i can feel that energy in mother earth and she helps me to work with the person so that the energy can kind of be recognized and by recognizing it it becomes released and i think sometimes that's past life energy sometimes it's it's present life or maybe connected to the ancestry of that person um but that's something else that's that's opened up which was quite unexpected so what do you know about ancestral healing so that's been another thing that's that's opened up um in my life um i'm not sure how long after the uh, that kind of big kundalini experience but i started having experiences of my granddad who had passed um and i would just feel his presence with me over time as the kind of telepathy side of things has, has opened up more i've been able to communicate with him where he would explain things to me or he would talk to me so one of the things that he taught me about was how uh, the pain and the anxiety i feel in my body is actually his pain and anxiety um because he was a war veteran and he'd been through many terrible experiences and he'd used alcohol to to deal with those experiences um so that obviously then got passed to my mum and then my mum passed that to me so we have these kind of uh, threads of ancestral trauma that move through our ancestral lines and it's been really helpful to me to realize that actually this pain that i'm feeling isn't just mine it's more like i borrowed it from uh from somebody else you know i've borrowed it temporarily 
so we have that with our ancestral line, but then we also have it as people, as groups of people. So we have our collective threads and we have that within our own culture and then how our culture has interacted with other cultures. You know, and, and at the moment in the news, we're seeing a lot about Ukraine. These are energies that are moving throughout cultures and it's about the, the history there and the way that um, traumatized energy has become stuck within peoples and nations. And ultimately all that energy is held within Mother Earth. You know, she's holding all of that all the time. And we're going through this enormous transformation process right now. Loads and loads of things happening, loads and loads of things are changing. And I believe, and the way I experience it, is that Mother Earth is cleansing all of that out. And we're seeing it play out globally. And we all have our roles to play in that. We can step up and choose to take action on social issues. We can choose to um, highlight racial injustice that exists in the world. We can choose to highlight how, um, how many people are suffering and are being, are being allowed to suffer, you know, kind of who's allowed to suffer. There's, there's all these things that are moving around at the moment that are, are needing to be resolved. And that's all held within Gaia. And she's wanting that resolution. So it may look like everything's going kind of crazy at the moment. It's all going a bit insane. But this is also an opportunity where we as individuals and as groups can choose to resolve the issues of the past and really transform our world. And I believe we're really going through that now and it's going to continue, I think, until we find some sort of significant resolution. All right, I'm going to switch gears with you here. Do you have anything that you would like to promote, like a website or, or anything? Yeah, I do. Yeah, thank you. Um, so my website is jackmorrigan.com. Uh, so I do uh, spiritual healing and guidance sessions. Um so similar to what I was talking about before, where I look at the light within somebody, I help that to shine and I just listen to what they have to say so that they can release some of that energy within them. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can find me on there, Jack Morrigan, um, and on Instagram as well. And that's... Uh, or will you uh, be able to put the the links maybe in the... I can, I'll, I'll for sure put your website link in there. Okay. Thank you. And um, yeah, that, that's really what I feel called to do. I, I absolutely love working with people. It's, it's been a real blessing that this is, um, started in my life now. If people want to ask you questions, are you open to that? And if so, can they do that on Facebook? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They can add me on Facebook. Um, I've got a Facebook page as well. Um, for my uh, healing so they could ask me that on there well before we finish up can you leave us with one last positive message yeah you know putting it simply it's sort of like um everything's going to be okay like no matter what happens then you're okay 
Um, but there's, I, I think what's going to happen on Earth is going to be beyond what any of us could possibly imagine. I think we're going to be entering a really amazing time over the coming decades. Um, I think it's going to take some work to get there, but I think we're, we're going to get there. And no matter how hard it is, you know, we are going to be okay. Jack, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest today. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you so much. It's been great coming on. Have a great evening. Goodbye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.